0: chapter thirty of tommy and grizel this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. tommy and grizel by j m barry chapter thirty the little gods desert him and all next day he searched like a man whose eyes would never close again she had not passed the night in any inn or village house of st of that he made certain by inquiries from door to door none of the guides had seen her though they are astir so late and so early patiently waiting at the hotel doors to be hired that there seems to be no night for them darkness only that blots them out for a time as they stand waiting at all hours there is in st gian the tinkle of bells the clatter of hoofs the crack of a whip dust in retreat but no coachman brought him news the streets were thronged with other coachmen on foot looking into every face in quest of some person who wanted to return to the lowlands but none had looked into her face within five minutes of the hotel she might have been on any of half a dozen roads he wandered or rushed along them all for a space and came back one of them was short and ended in the lake all through that long and beautiful day this miserable man found himself coming back to the road that ended in the lake there were moments when he cried to himself that it was an apparition he had seen and heard he had avoided his friends all day of the english-speaking people in st gian one only knew why he was distraught and she was the last he wished to speak to but more than once he nearly sought her to say partner in my shame what did you see what did you hear in the afternoon he had a letter from elspeth telling him how she was enjoying her holiday by the sea and mentioning that david was at that moment writing to grizel in thrums but was it then all a dream he cried nearly convinced for the first time and he went into the arbour saying determinedly that it was a dream and in the arbour standing primly in a corner was grizel's umbrella he knew that umbrella so well he remembered once being by while she replaced one of its ribs so deftly that he seemed to be looking on at a surgical operation the old doctor had given it to her and that was why she would not let it grow old before she was old herself tommy opened it now with trembling hands and looked at the little bits of grizel on it the beautiful stitching with which she had coaxed the slits to close again the one patch so artful that she had clapped her hands over it and he fell on his knees and kissed these little bits of grizel and called her beloved and cried to his gods to give him one more chance i woke up it was all that she had said it was grizel's excuse for inconveniencing him she had said it apologetically and as if she did not quite know how she came to be there herself there was no look of reproach on her face while the match burned there had been a pitiful smile as if she was begging him not to be very angry with her and then when he said her name she gave that little cry as if she had recognised herself and stole away he lived that moment over and over again and she never seemed to be horror-stricken until he cried grizel when her recognition of herself made her scream it was as if she had wakened up dazed by the terrible things that were being said and then by the light of that one word grizel suddenly knew who had been listening to them did he know anything more he pressed his hands harshly on his temples and thought he knew that she was soaking wet that she had probably sought the arbour for protection from the rain and that if so she had been there for at least four hours she had wakened up she must have fallen asleep knocked down by fatigue what fatigue it must have been to make grizel lie there for hours he could guess and he beat his brow in anguish but why she had come he could not guess oh miserable man to seek for reasons he cried passionately to himself when it is grizel grizel herself you should be seeking for he walked and ran the round of the lake and it was not on the bank that his staring eyes were fixed at last he came for a moment upon her track the people of an inn six miles from st jeanne remembered being asked yesterday by an english miss walking alone how far she was from bad plotten she was wearing something brown and her boots were white with dust and these people had never seen a lady look so tired before when she stood still she had to lean against the wall they said she had red-hot eyes tommy was in an einspanner now the merry conveyance of the country and more intoxicating than its wines and he drove back through st gian to bad plotten where again he heard from grizel though he did not find her what he found was her telegram from london i am coming grizel why had she come why had she sent that telegram what had taken her to london he was not losing time when he asked himself distractedly these questions for he was again in his gay carriage and driving back to the wayside inn he spent the night there afraid to go farther lest he should pass her in the darkness for he had decided that if alive she was on this road that she had walked all those forty miles uphill seemed certain and apparently the best he could hope was that she was walking back she had probably no money to enable her to take the diligence perhaps she had no money with which to buy food it might be that while he lay tossing in bed she was somewhere near dying for want of a franc he was off by morning light and several times that day he heard of her twice from people who had seen her pass both going and coming and he knew it must be she when they said she rocked her arms as she walked oh he knew why she rocked her arms once he thought he had found her he heard of an english lady who was lying ill in the house of a sawmiller whose dog we know the dogs of these regions but not the people had found her prostrate in the wood some distance from the high-road leaving his Einspurner in a village tommy climbed down the mountainside to this little house which he was long in discovering it was by the side of a roaring river and he arrived only an hour too late the lady had certainly been grizel but she was gone the sawyer's wife described to him how her husband had brought her in and how she seemed so tired and bewildered that she fell asleep while they were questioning her she held her hands over her ears to shut out the noise of the river which seemed to terrify her so far as they could understand she told them that she was running away from the river she had been sleeping there for three hours and was still asleep when the good woman went off to meet her husband but when they returned she was gone he searched the wood for miles around crying her name the sawyer and some of his fellow-workers left the trees they were stripping of bark to help him and for hours the wood rang with grizel Grizel. all the mountains round took up the cry but there never came an answer this long delay prevented his reaching the railway terminus until noon of the following day and there he was again too late but she had been here he traced her to that hotel whence we saw her setting forth and the portier had got a ticket for her for london he had talked with her for some little time and advised her as she seemed so tired to remain there for the night but she said she must go home at once she seemed to be passionately desirous to go home and had looked at him suspiciously as if fearing he might try to hold her back he had been called away and on returning had seen her disappearing over the bridge he had called to her and then she ran as if afraid he was pursuing her but he had observed her afterwards in the train so she was not without money and she was on her way home the relief it brought him came to the surface in great breaths and at first every one of them was a prayer of thankfulness yet in time they were triumphant breaths translated into words they said that he had got off cheaply for the hundredth time his little gods had saved him again as they had saved him in the arbour by sending grizel to him he could do as he liked for they were always there to succour him they would never desert him never in a moment of fierce elation he raised his hat to them then seemed to see grizel crying i woke up and in horror of himself clapped it on again it was but a momentary aberration and is recorded only to show that however remorseful he felt afterwards there was life in our tommy still the train by which he was to follow her did not leave until evening and through those long hours he was picturing with horrible vividness and pain the progress of grizel up and down that terrible pass often his shoulders shook in agony over what he saw and he shuddered to the teeth he would have walked round the world on his knees to save her this long anguish and then again it was less something he saw than something he was writing and he altered it to make it more dramatic i woke up how awful that was but in this new scene she uttered no words lady pippinworth was in his arms when they heard a little cry so faint that a violin string makes as much moan when it snaps in a dread silence he lit a match and as it flared the figure of a girl was seen upon the floor she was dead and even as he knew that she was dead he recognised her grizel he cried the other woman who had lured him from his true love uttered a piercing scream and ran towards the hotel when she returned with men and lanterns there was no one in the arbour but there were what had been a man and a girl they lay side by side the startled onlookers unbared their heads a solemn voice said in death not divided he was not the only occupant of the hotel reading-room as he saw all this and when his head fell forward and he groaned the others looked up from their papers a lady asked if he was unwell i have had a great shock he replied in a daze pulling his hand across his forehead something you have seen in your paper inquired a clergyman who had been complaining that there was no news people i knew said tommy not yet certain which world he was in dead the lady asked sympathetically i knew them well he said and staggered into the fresh air poor dog of a tommy he had been a total abstainer from sentiment as one may say for sixty hours and this was his only glass it was the nobler tommy sternly facing facts who by and by stepped into the train he even knew why he was going to thrums he was going to say certain things to her and he said them to himself again and again in the train and heard her answer the words might vary but they were always to the same effect grizel i have come back he saw himself say these words as he opened her door in gavinia's little house and when he had said them he bowed his head at his sudden appearance she started up then she stood pale and firm why have you come back not to ask your forgiveness he replied hoarsely not to attempt to excuse myself not with any hope that there remains one drop of the love you once gave me so abundantly i want only grizel to put my life into your hands i have made a sorry mess of it myself will you take charge of what may be left of it you always said you were ready to help me i have come back grizel for your help what you were once willing to do for love will you do for pity now she turned away her head and he went nearer her there was always something of the mother in your love grizel but for that you would never have borne with me so long a mother they say can never quite forget her boy oh grizel is it true i am the prodigal come back grizel beloved i have sinned and i am unworthy but i am still your boy and i have come back am i to be sent away at the word beloved her arms rocked impulsively you must not call me that she said then i am to go he answered with a shudder for i must always call you that whether i am with you or away you shall always be beloved to me you don't love me she cried oh do you love me at last and at that he fell upon his knees grizel my love my love but you don't want to be married she said beloved i have come back to ask you on my knees to be my wife that woman she was a married woman grizel oh 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 and now you know the worst of me it is the whole truth at last i don't know why you took that terrible journey dear grizel but i do know that you were sent there to save me oh my love you have done so much will you do no more and so on till there came a time when his head was on her lap and her hand caressing it and she was whispering to her boy to look up and see her crooked smile again he passed on to the wedding all the time between seemed to be spent in his fond entreaties to hasten the longed-for day how radiant she looked in her bridal gown oh beautiful one are you really mine oh world pause for a moment and look at the woman who has given herself to me my wife this is my wife they were in london now he was showing her to london how he swaggered there was a perpetual apology on her face it begged people to excuse him for looking so proudly at her it was a crooked apology and he hurried her into dark places and kissed it do you see that tommy was doing all this for grizel and pretending to her that it was for himself he was passionately desirous of making amends and he was to do it in the most generous way perhaps he believed when he seemed to enter her room saying grizel i have come back that she loved him still perhaps he knew that he did not love in the way he said perhaps he saw a remorseful man making splendid atonement but never should she know these things tenderly as he had begun he would go on to the end here at last is a tommy worth looking at and he looked Yet as he drew near thrums after almost exactly two days of continuous travel many a shiver went down his back for he could not be sure that he should find grizel here he sometimes seemed to see her lying ill at some wayside station in switzerland in france everything that could have happened to her he conceived and he moved restlessly in the carriage his mouth went dry has she come back the train had stopped for the taking of tickets and his tremulous question checked the joy of corp at sight of him she's back corp answered in an excited whisper and oh the relief to tommy she came back by the afternoon train but i had scarce a word her. she was so awid to be hanged. i am going home she cried and hurried away up the bray ay and there's one queer thing what her luggage was not in the van tommy could smile at that but what sent her he asked eagerly on that journey corp told him the little he knew but nobody kens except me and gavinia he said we pretend she gaed to london to see her father we said he had wrote to her wanting her to go to him gavinia said it would never do to let folk ken she had gaid to see you and even elspeth doesna ken is elspeth back they came back yesterday did david know the truth from grizel was what tommy was asking himself now as he strode up the bray but again he was in luck for when he had explained away his abrupt return to elspeth and been joyfully welcomed by her she told him that her husband had been in one of the glens all day he does not know that grizel has come back she said oh she exclaimed but you don't even know that she has been away grizel has been in london corp told me said tommy and did he tell you why she had gone yes she came back an hour or two ago maggie ann saw her go past fancy her seeing her father at last it must have been an ordeal for her i wonder what took place i think i had better go and ask her tommy said he was mightily relieved for grizel's sake no one need ever know now what had called her away except corp and gavinia and even they thought that she had merely been to london how well the little gods were managing the whole affair as he walked to grizel's lodgings to say what he had been saying in the train the thought came to him for a moment that as no one need ever know where she had been there was less reason why he should do this generous thing but he put it from him with lofty disdain any effect it had was to make him walk more firmly to his sacrifice as if to show all ignoble impulses that they could find no home in that swelling breast he was pleased with himself was tommy grizel i have come back he said it to the knight and bowed his head he said it with head accompaniment to grizel's lighted window he said it to himself as he reached the door he never said it again for gavinia's first words were it's you mr sandys wherever is she for mercy's sake dinna say you've come without her and when he blinked at this she took him roughly by the arm and cried wherever's grizel she is here gavinia she's no here i saw her light you saw my light gavinia you are torturing me she came back to-day what makes you say that you're dreaming she hasn't come back Corpsar come in by the afternoon train he spoke to her gavinia shook her head incredulously you're just imagining that she said he told me gavinia i must see for myself she stared after him as he went up the stairs you are very cruel gavinia he said when he came down tell me where she is may i be struck mr sandys if i've seen or heard o her since she left this house eight days sign he knew she was speaking the truth he had to lean against the door for support it cannot be so bad as you think she cried in pity if you're sure corp said he saw her she maun hay gone to the doctor's house she is not there but elspeth knew she had come back others have seen her besides corp my god gavinia what can have happened in little more than an hour he knew what had happened many besides himself david among them towards the end were engaged in the search and strange stories began to fly about like night birds you will not search for a missing woman without rousing them why had she gone off to london without telling any one had corp concocted that story about her father to blind them had she really been as far as london have you seen sandys he's back it's said corp telegraphed to him to switzerland that she had disappeared it's weel kent corp telegraphed sandys came at once he is in a terrible state look how white he is beneath that lamp what guard them telegraphed for him how is it he is in such a state fond of her was he yea yea even after she gave him the go-by then it's a weary sabbath for him if half they say be true what do they say they say she was queer when she came back corp doesna say that maybe no but francie Crab does he says he met her on the station bray and spoke to her and she said never a word but put up her hands like as if she feared he was to strike her the dundas lassies saw her frae their window and her hands were at her ears as if she were trying to drown the sound of something do you mind her mother they say she was looking terrible like her mother it was only between the station and gavinia's house that she had been seen but they searched far afield tommy accompanied by corp even sought for her in the den do you remember the long lonely path between two ragged little dykes that led from the den to the house of the painted lady it was there that grizel had lived with her mamma the two men went down that path which is oppressed with trees elsewhere the night was not dark but as they had known so well when they were boys it is always dark after evenfall in the double dykes that is the legacy of the painted lady presently they saw the house scarcely the house but a lighted window tommy remembered the night when as a boy elspeth crouching beside him he had peered in fearfully at that corner window on grizel and her mamma and the shuddersome things he had seen he shuddered at them again who lives there now he asked nobody it's tomb there is a light some going about body they often tack bilby in tomb houses and that door is without a lock it's keep it close with slippin' a stick beneath it do you mind how feared we used to be at that house she was never afraid of it it was her hame he meant no more than he said but suddenly they both stopped dead it's no possible corp said as if in answer to a question it's no possible he repeated beseechingly wait for me here corp i would rather come wi you wait here tommy said almost fiercely and he went on alone to that little window it had needed an effort to make him look in when he was here before and it needed a bigger effort now but he looked what light there was came from the fire and whether she had gathered the logs or found them in the room no one ever knew a vagrant stated afterwards that he had been in the house some days before and left his match-box in it by this fire grizel was crouching she was comparatively tidy and neat again the dust was gone from her boots even how she had managed to do it no one knows but you remember how she loved to be neat her hands were extended to the blaze and she was busy talking to herself his hand struck the window heavily and she looked up and saw him she nodded and put her finger to her lips as a sign that he must be cautious she had often in the long ago seen her mother signing thus to an imaginary face at the window the face of the man who never came tommy went into the house and she was so pleased to see him that she quite simpered he put his arms round her and she lay there with a little giggle of contentment she was in a plot of heat grizel oh my god he said why do you look at me in that way she passed her hand across her eyes like one trying to think i woke up she said at last corp appeared at the window now and she pointed to him in terror thus had she seen her mother point in the long ago at faces that came there to frighten her grizel tommy entreated her you know who i am don't you she said his name at once but her eyes were on the window they want to take me away she whispered but you must come away grizel you must come home this is home she said it is sweet after much coaxing he prevailed upon her to leave with his arm round her and a terrible woe on his face he took her to the doctor's house she had her hands over her ears all the way she thought the white river and the mountains and the villages and the crack of whips were marching with her still chapter Thirty.